Good morning. Happy Tuesday, everybody. The hiatus has been long and drawn out. And I guess kind of frustrating. But when there's not a whole lot to talk about, and there's just, I don't know, not a lot of streaming going on, sometimes you just need to take a break. PCS Podcast is back. Thanks for joining us. That's right. So, yeah, like I said, it's been a kind of a slow time ever since Elvira got released. So, I have just been doing other things. Not focused on this podcast, but right now I am. Got to work early. It is bright and early on Tuesday morning. And I was uh, taking some notes, thinking about what we're going to talk about today. Um, Honestly, it's... With the, with the move, I said this again and again, but with the move and everything going on, it's been just kind of crazy. Been doing non-stop projects. Finally got the garage in a suitable condition to where I could probably move two more pins in there. I'm um, just looking forward to getting it all done and feeling uh, at home again and settled. But <clears throat> got a party we're, we're hosting on Saturday. It's going to be the housewarming party. So we have two games inside, two games in the garage. Going to be exciting. I'm really Happy to host the Pinheads and every other friend I've got out there. Hopefully they'll come out. Um, but yeah, that's uh, it's going to make for a busy week, I'll tell you that. Got to get the games ready. Got to get the food ready. Got to make sure we're ready. Got to get the garage cleaned out and everything else. But we're making strong headway. <clears throat> Thanks for joining me today. This is, of course, the Pinball and Cool Stuff Podcast. Ian Rodriguez here with you. So this morning, got to work about 5 a.m., and I'm thinking about the podcast, and I'm looking on TWIP, which is our ultimate source. And I'm looking at the uh, one of the first things on there. I don't know if you've seen it, but the Star Wars game has gotten a facelift. So this time they released Star Wars at Stern. It's going to have art on it. Actual, real art done by an actual bona fide artist. Thank goodness. So look at the pictures. You're really going to love it. Um, it's, it's, I guess it's by a fella named Martinez who does a lot of the Lucasfilms art and he's obviously well versed in that and it is a comic book style package which to me is about a hundred billion times better than the initial art package that they gave us on Star Wars. So <clears throat> I guess it, what you could say is it's better late than never, right? Um, even if they took them two shots, they got it right on one of them. They got it right the second time. So I respect that. Just from Stern, I really respect that. To me, what it says to all of us uh, gamers and pinheads is that Stern is trying and they're doing their due diligence and I think they know that this was a, a necessary development. I think they knew immediately with the receipt of the other Star Wars that it, it needed to be re, uh, uh, revamped, redone, and they did it right. And they did it with a real artists from the actual franchise or from the the business who who knows the actual franchise and can really do justice to the franchise so we'll talk about a contra on this with jp2 in a second but uh i'm I'm really grateful that stern did that and again it just says to me that they care it's not 
I don't know. It, it, it's certainly going to make a money on this whole deal. They're going to make money on it, but the fact that they wouldn't just issue a vault edition with some modified art or modified something associated with the play field means that they, they went full whole hog on it. You know, they, they gave us the whole new art package. So good on them. Really, really exciting. Um, the game is still what it is. I'm not a humongous fan of the game, but uh, it's still a good pinball machine. It's still a great art package, and that's what counts. So maybe we'll get one at the museum. I don't know. Speaking of the museum, Pinball Madness is coming up in about, what is that, 12 days? Here we go. So next Friday, the 18th, Pinball Madness begins, and it's going through Sunday at the Museum of Pinball. I'm really, really pumped. I think we're going to have our Jurassic Park at the museum at that time. We, um, we may even have an Elvira, depending on when they are shipping. So TWIP announced that LEs are shipping, so I'm hoping the museum has one of those early ones. And that means we may uh, get delivery before, maybe before next week, I don't know. But the fact is, the LEs are shipping, they look cool, they look great, I'm excited for anybody who's buying one. You know, let me reiterate though, that everything but the price is cool about those machines. Everything but the price. I don't know if it's there's much they can do about it, but um, Stern's not. Stern's gonna mess around with these non-cornerstone releases, and you've seen it with Beatles, and you've seen it. Um, gosh, who else was it? <clears throat> Excuse me. We, well, we've seen it with the Beatles and Elvira. Okay, non-cornerstone releases. So you're gonna call them boutique releases or limited releases, right? Kapow, um, Kapow titles, but. I don't know what to say about it other than it's a very special customer base who's going to pay more for something that's more niche. Um, Beatles was not niche, but you're paying more and it's a Kapow release. So it's like, I'm not sure the MO there. And to me, I always ask the question, why doesn't Stern just buy the license and release it themselves? Why does Kapow have to be involved? I don't know enough about the, the liaison that they are with, the, with that deal, but maybe they're just the manufacturer. I don't know. But Stern certainly has the backing and the wherewithal to issue titles on their own. They did it with every game we've seen. Big time licenses. Why does Kapow have to get involved? And what influence do they have on the price? I'm very, very curious. Very curious. But really, Elvira could have been in a lot more people's garage and game rooms if they released the Pro. And I'm like, why not just... We'd see it on location, you know? It would enhance the popularity of the, of the brand and of the franchise and of Stern. And I'm, I'm just still baffled as to why there wouldn't be a $5,900 Elvira floating around. Especially since we know they could probably build it for that and make a ton of money in doing so anyway. So I guess I'm not objecting as much as I am just curious and wondering and just thinking... Man, location pinball is booming right now. Everybody's got pinball that's back. Why not give us a title that we can use now on location that operators will buy? So the, um, I think it was the, what was it, the Eclectic Gamers or Slam Tilt? Slam Tilt was talking with Dennis Kriesel this week, and he was saying that that price point for the, low, for the lowest model of Elvira at $7,900 no operators are going to go in on it for that reason. The recoup time is too large and too long. So, you know, maybe we'll see a change in that in the next year or so. Maybe we will. I don't know. The other night I was actually working out in my garage kind of late, and I was watching the special one lit with George Gomez on site, in the flesh with those guys. Really cool interview. 
George Gomez is a pro. He's really an interesting guy. He's incredibly creative and an incredible just part of the community. And uh, he gave us some nuggets of information there about the next the pin titles coming out next year. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun year, evidently, from what he's telling us. So go back and check out the Special One Lit podcast. They also did the Monster Bash this week, Monster Bash LE. They had a guy named Matt White, I want to say, from Chicago Gaming was on site, answering questions, talking about the game. Um, I was, I'm really, really drawn to that machine. When you see it streamed, man, Monster Bash is a gorgeous game, just flat out. I mean, in the flesh, it's amazing, but even on streams, it's beautiful. I was watching Jack Danger's stream from forever ago when he got like 20 bazillion points on Monster Bash, and his was not a remake, I don't think, and it still looked amazing. But yeah, go check out Special One Lit. The Chicago gaming guy doesn't tell us much about anything, but um, that's what he's paid to do, I guess. But I really, really wish the Chicago would just come out and say, here it comes, guys, Cactus Canyon. Let's see some some of the what they're gonna offer. Christmas is right around the corner, and they gotta get a hold of that Christmas shopping market. Um, if not, I think they may be making a huge mistake. I'm I'm excited about Cactus anyway, though. It's gonna be a fun fun game. Um, I'm not sure if I'm a buyer, but you know me, if I could, I would, right? I got more room now, so who the heck knows? Just gotta see how this year turns out, how everything goes for the rest of this year, and then uh, hopefully how Christmas is not too brutal on my wallet. But um, I'll be in for another game probably in February. We'll see what happens. So this last week, a friend of mine, Pete, was selling a couple games. And he's got his Waz for sale and his Metallica and his Bride of Pinbot 2.0 and his Circus Voltaire. So he sends out a text. My buddy Chuck hits him back up, says, hey, I want that CV. They make a deal. Chuck, um, Chuck needed some help loading it up into his house. So I went over there last, uh, last week. I think it was Friday. Helped him load the game into his game room, and man, I've talked about Circus Voltaire before on this on this pod about how it beats out. Gosh, was it um, was it AFM Attack from Mars? Still believe that. Chuck happens to own both of those games, and guess which game I want to play more? Circus Voltaire, man. So we bring it in, and it's a very clean example of this game. Beautiful, beautiful game, and I've never lifted up the playfield on a Circus Voltaire. Really interesting. So the DMD is in the is in the back panel of the playfield area, right? And it's not connected to the playfield. So when you lift the playfield out, you have to be very careful to pull the playfield out before you lift it because of the order of operations. Because if you don't do it the right way, the DMD will be damaged or smeared or or scratched, right, by the back of the playfield apparatus. So it's kind of a careful operation. We pull the playfield up. It's got this really neat like latch kickstand on the playfield, so it won't come back at you when it's leaning up propped up for your servicing. I've never seen that on a Bally game or Williams game. I thought, man, what a cool innovation. Uh, but yeah, it's a really neat thing and you press it down before you release the playfield back down. Really cool. But man, when I look under the CV playfield, I see stuff I never even seen I've never even seen before. There's like three subways under there. It's an amazing freaking game. It's got the ringmaster under there with all that machinery. Really, CV is just an incredible mechanical marvel. And I, I just respect the heck out of it even more for after having worked on it a little bit with Chuck. And I'm just really glad that Chuck bought it because it's a beautiful example again. And it moves it that much closer to my house so I can go over to Chuck's and, and uh, just play some CV, man. I'm pumped. So good for you, Chuck. I'm excited for you. 
I hope to see you soon and go play your CV really soon. So we'll see what happens. But man, that was a fun night uh, playing CV and seeing the uh, KC collection. Absolutely fantastic over there. So I was listening to Slam Tilt Podcast, which is my weekly habit now. Excuse me. And uh, they were talking about, like, what's the best wide body. And Dennis Kriesel was on with them. And he said he loves wide bodies. And they were talking about the Williams pins, right, from back in the day. You had Demo Man. You had Roadshow. You had Twilight Zone. You had Popeye Saves the Earth. You had Judge Dredd. um, You had Indiana Jones, the Pinball Adventure. I mean, those titles are amazing, all of them. I have the Dread, I have the Roadshow, I love them like my children. But then they got onto TZ, man, Twilight Zone, and I've said it before, but that game is such an incredible Lawler game. And uh, honestly, it's it's one of Lawler's best, probably top three, top four games. Uh, DI and Wonka being his best games. Um, I don't know if Twilight Zone's third, but man, it's it's right up there. Absolutely a fantastic game. The more I hear people in podcasting and the, and the pinball media talk about Twilight Zone, the more I want to play it and learn it, because the game evidently is deeper than any of Lawler's releases, and it's just it's just an amazing, cool, neat game with about 100 million shots, and I exaggerate, there's a probably, I don't know, there's got to be 20 shots in that game, but uh, it's just really an incredible game for its time, um, so they were talking about it, go check Slam Tilt out, they were... Uh, they're also talking about a bunch of tournament stuff. They had, a, they had a tournament in upstate New York called Stomp, I think. Um, and it's funny, like, they talk about professional pinball or pinball streaming, including Pinberg and their own stream. And for some reason, there must be a tremendous podcasting audience for tournament talk. Because these guys go off on the tournament talk. And they're like, uh, not special, one lit. But they're like... Um, the head-to-head pinball podcast. They talk tournament like it's like it's bread and butter, man. Like just m- moment, minute after minute and 20 minutes of, at a time talking about tournament, talking about outcomes and who's who and match play. And like, here's what I'll say. Listening to people talk about tournament pinball is just about as bad as it gets. Like, and I'm, I'm going to shut down pretty quick after hearing them talk about tournaments. It's just... It's just not interesting, and only if, I love pinball. I love everything about pinball, but tournament talk is the only thing about pinball I really don't like, because it's just not, I don't know, it's not gripping, it's not interesting. I don't care about first, second, third, who got strike one, two, and three. I just don't seem, I, don't, I guess it's just because I'm so ambivalent about it. But I, like many other pinball collectors and players, am, am a simple player. I'm not a com- competitive player. I don't play for money. I've never won, nor will I ever win, a dollar playing pinball. I don't need it, I don't expect it, and it's not part of my gaming experience. But somehow these podcasters, they just want to go off and off and off and on and on and on about tournaments. And um, I don't know. I wish it would stop, or at least be limited to a significant extent. Now, on the contra side of that is pinball streaming, tournament streaming. Now, I will watch some pinball streaming, man. I will watch tournaments. I watched Pinberg. I watched the World Championships in Italy. I can't get enough of that, man. And the reason is, is because it's the best of the best, and it's fun to watch the best do anything that they're great at. I love it. So keep it up on the pinball streaming, especially the high-end stuff. Um, but I, 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 I like to learn from it. I like to watch the best. I like to see people perform in the clutch, clutch moments, and that's what pinball tournament streaming is all about. So... 
If you haven't caught up on Pinberg, you got to get back and see it, man. Go to Papa's Twitch channel and go catch up on that video. So, Straight Down the Middle did a Jurassic Park review. Um, and let me... Where was I going with this other one? The, uh... Oh, the art. That's right. We were talking about the Star Wars art at the opening of the show. Okay, now, here's what, where I was kind of hearkening back to. Stern needs to re-release Jurassic Park in a year and a half. And they need to re-release it with a better art package that represents the movie and the title and the franchise in a more sincere way, not just Dinosaurs by Stern. So, there is no Jurassic Park on the game, in the game, or otherwise associated with the game. Maybe a Vault Edition could include some of that representation, some of that integration of the movie, because it is, in fact, called Jurassic Park. So I know it's an old gripe, it's an old beef, but let's hope Stern vaults it with some new and improved content for $1,000 more. That way they can pay the licensor some money for the rights. I hope, I hope. So anyway, STTM did their review. Um, the art was rejected roundly by the general consensus. Um, here's, I've said this before, the art isn't bad, it's just it doesn't have anything to do with Jurassic Park. So for that reason, it's, it's bad integration. The art is fantastic. Johnny Crap is the real deal. But, um, yeah, it's just, you gotta have Jurassic Park on there if you're gonna call it Jurassic Park. So I wish it was, right? The pinball that could have been is what Jurassic Park 2 is. Now, take everything off the plate, take everything off the game, and have a bare whitewood. And what do you have? One of the best layouts of the past decade by Keith Elwin. Everybody's raving about it. You know, Greg Bones said that it's a more polished game than Iron Maiden, and for that reason, it's better than Maiden. Now, I will disagree strongly with you on that, Mr. Bone. So Greg owns the game, so you can't blame him for being biased. I own Maiden. I've played both games. I love Keith Elwin, so I'm less biased. No, I'm not. I'm actually equally biased, if not more, because I love Maiden the band more than any freaking person in the world. So anyway, let me move on. So is it more polished than Iron Maiden? I don't know. I'm just better at Maiden than I am at Jurassic Park, so I can't really say, but I would I would say this. Maiden was designed and produced over a, what, two or three year time frame? Keith Elwin and his brother were the designers? Or at least Elwin was the designer of the shots, I believe, and his brother helped him with software. Let's get, but to the point again, this game, Maiden, took years to produce. Jurassic Park was produced during their normal development cycle, which is nine or ten months. For that reason, I would argue that Maiden is more polished. And that's to say nothing about the flow of Maiden, if you can really get some combos going, and loops repeating, etc. In my opinion, Maiden is more polished. Um, it's just less clunky. It's not to say Jurassic Park is clunky, totally, but the left side of that playfield, Jurassic Park, is clunky. Good luck with it. Um, you know, I want to be fair too. Maiden is kind of clunky on the left side, but no, nowhere near as clunky as Jurassic Park. Maiden has the captive ball and the very difficult spinner shot on the left, and you manage to brick it a lot more times than you don't. But Jurassic Park has this strange raptor cage thing that has three targets that are in line, um, excuse me, not in line, but you know, subsequent and side by side. One is deeper than the others, the raptor in the back, and I just don't know. When I shoot it, it just bangs around, and even if you hit the targets, it still bangs around. There's not a lot of satisfaction there. There's not a lot that's clean about that area of the playfield with regards to the ball. So I would say Maiden's a heck of a lot more polished. There are better flow shots on Maiden. So I would pick the layout over 
uh, Jurassic Park any day of the week. You know, they said that Jurassic Park has the best animations of any Stern game. Now, I would have to agree. It is incredibly clean and professional. It looks amazing. It's actually pretty 3D and pretty interesting. So it keeps the player's attention. I like that. Um, but, you know, it is still no integration of the movie. So let me say this. Um, Jurassic Park is good for what it is. It's good for what it is. That's all. I'll leave it at that. It's a great design. The play feels perfect. Um, but it's not Jurassic Park. It's just Dinosaurs by Stern. So I've been playing a ton of Wonka lately, everybody. And man, the features on this game continue to blow me away. That LCD screen under the on the playfield there, the Wonka Vision, is such a masterpiece. So good. Go play a Wonka if you haven't yet. Or go watch some video of it. Because literally, I think it will go down as one of the top five pinballs ever made. I truly think it's the best game ever made. I mean, right now, I just can't think of a better game I'd rather play more. And that's after I bought Maiden and I thought that was the best game I'd ever played. So Wonka is, it's just taking over, man. It's just so good. They just released the update 1.25. I just downloaded it. Can't wait to get home and rip it onto the machine. I'm pretty stoked. The last update, 1.14, um, was, was a really cool update. There was tons of new sound, really cool uh, video aspects on the UI. I just, I love what they're doing, and I, and I just can't believe the ferocity with which they're releasing these, these updates. It's taking them weeks, not months, and they're coming out with a dozen, not three or four. So kudos to JJP, man. Thank you very much for creating an incredible game and updating and polishing the living heck out of it. It's exciting. It's very exciting. So, final note about Wonka. Jurassic Park, excuse me, Jurassic Park. JJP. They all have J's and P's in them, I guess. So JJP is sending me a new Wonka playfield. I don't know if it's populated. I don't know if it's unpopulated. I can't tell by the invoice. But they're sending me one because I do have a little bit of chipping around my star post. So I'm kind of bummed about that. But JJP is making it right, and I respect that. And I really do thank them for being honorable about the situation and making it right. Here's my thought. And I hope to never talk about clear code again on this podcast. But here's my thought. JJP went to their vendor of their playfields, Mirko, and said, Hey, you're giving us every playfield we need to give away. I guarantee you that happened. Because JJP would not take the hit on something that was done at Mirko's facility and something that was done wrong at Mirko. You know, and I know, that Mirko's delivering them hundreds of free playfields for delivery to the consumers like us. So thank you, JJP, for hammering hammering down on Mirko and making them come correct. And thank you for passing that along to us. It's awesome. Thank you very much. And I'm just glad that JJP won't be terribly affected financially by it because you know they're getting that freebie from Mirko. So lo live long and prosper, JJP. Keep up the good work. And um, thanks for sending me my new playfield. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be showing up any day now. You know, I'm going to have to close shop. Hopefully we'll catch up later today. I have a game comparison that's ripe and ready to go. But right now I gotta get back to work because I gotta make some money to pay for pins. Over and out. I'm a realizer.